What you are about to hear is a labor of love, our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rock Strikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, it is now time for part two of the top 40 albums of 2005, according to me, myself, and I here on Rock Strikes 10. Yes, let's get into it right here. Coming in at number 30 is, weirdly enough, much like Big Business, another two-piece band, yet still not the White Stripes. Uh, I call this band my hipster friends because they definitely make music that, you know, your hipster friends probably would be okay listening to. But I really, really like their kind of like throwback rock and roll edge. And I think they're very sincere about it. So I really dig them. They just kind of have always had my ear since the word go, since their first EP. So yeah, they made it here on this list. And uh, if you're going to go this route, you could do a whole lot worse. This band here, the Ravenettes, and uh, they put out their second full-length album in 2005, on May 3rd to be exact. And now I'm produced by Sun Rose Wagner and Richard Gotherer, if I'm saying that right. Uh, but yeah, if, if you're not familiar with the Ravenettes, uh, it's really cool because, like I said, a two-piece, uh, and it's like the male-female co-lead vocals, and I really dig that, and there's not enough cool bands doing that. You know, bands in the tradition of X from back in the day. There's a really cool band from Fort Worth here that does it called The Kush. So, yeah, I, anytime it's done well, I can really dig it. So, yeah, coming in at number 30 here, this is the Ravenettes from the album Pretty in Black. This is Sleepwalking.
dig that track especially it's like a evil goth version of the everly brothers almost but there you go sleepwalking by the ravenettes spelled r-a-v-e-o-n-e-t-t-e-s and that guy richard gother that i can pronounce his name properly at the beginning of the segment there i did some research and looked him up because i was like oh, i haven't heard of that guy yet because the Sinrose wagner is one of the members of the band but i was like who's this richard guy and uh, who's this richard <laughs> sorry terrible but uh i found out that he actually co-wrote my boyfriend's back by the angels uh that great old girl group song and uh, you know later on here on the pretty and black album the ravenettes also cover my boyfriend's back so yeah there you go produce an album and get a little extra songwriting credit right there <laughs> if you can get him to cover it uh good stuff i enjoy it and uh, now we've come to the moment that you've been waiting for since i brought it up in the previous segment and in part one It's time for that really famous two-piece band, The White Stripes, coming in at number 29 with their album Get Behind Me, Satan. Came out on June 7th of 2005. It was their fifth studio album, produced by Jack White, of course. Peaked at number three in the United States for their highest chart showing in all of the world. Uh, So yeah, can't deny The White Stripes had a big impact on rock and roll music in the 2000s. I was really excited about the new garage movement in the early 2000s and even though I really like the White Stripes, it's sad that they seem to be one of the only bands that actually survived the wave, at least in America. Uh, But, you know, I'm not going to hate on them for that reason, you know. Jack White's done very well to diversify himself and, you know, stand out amongst this really crazy, wacky business. Uh, But yeah, Get Behind Me Satan, not their best album, but pretty damn good, enough to make it here at number 29 for the best of 2005 and i'm gonna go a little obvious on this one this was the first single from the album and i hadn't heard it in a while so we're gonna go with it so here you go here's the white stripes jack and meg white 
with Blue Orchid. Coming in at number 29 right there, The White Stripes, representing the album Get Behind Me, Satan. That was Blue Orchid, the first single. Real wacky video, as you can always expect from them. There was a, um, I think it was the Denial Twist, the song from this album, where they have this really super weird, surrealistic video with Conan O'Brien in it. Go check that one out. Anyway. Yeah, so speaking of bands with fun videos, this band right here, they definitely got to realize, I'm sure, a lifelong career goal right here because they got Roy Thomas Baker to produce their sophomore album back here in 2005, talking about the darkness and uh, the the much maligned one-way ticket to hell and back. And, you know, I I think the album's pretty good. It's definitely not as great as the first album. I don't think anyone's going to fight anybody over that opinion. It's just not as good, but it's, it's pretty damn good. It's not bad. Like, my inflection's not too high there. But yeah, there's enough cool rockers on One Way Ticket to make it here at number 28. Yeah, like I said, I mean, it suffered the sophomore slump in America, at least especially. No chart positions to speak of. It peaked at number 11 in the UK. Like I said, produced by Roy Thomas Baker. Roy Thomas Baker, the, uh, you know, most famously known as the producer for Queen. longtime producer there. So, of course, the Queen comparisons started rolling in from the word go with the darkness. So, it only made sense. Roy Thomas Baker and them had to do something at some point. So 
I mean, the production sounds amazing on this album. You know, whether I like some of the songs around are almost irrelevant. The production is stellar. So that definitely carries a lot of it for me right here. So here you go. One of my favorite songs off of this album in particular. I mean, of course, the title track is great, but the song after that's pretty great too. So I'm going to go with that one. So here you go. Leave very little innuendo here for the song Knockers. knockers right there from the darkness from the album one way ticket to hell and back that would prove to be their initial swan song they would reunite about five or six years later and put out an even better album called hot cakes it's a better album go get that see i told you during part one at the beginning of the part one of this countdown that i was working in a cd store at the time and there was a lot of the indie rock snobbery going on which uh, really bummed me out for the most part and I remember, like, almost all of those guys and gals at the time, they were, like, loving the darkness. They thought the darkness were great. And, you know, I realized that when the second album came out, that either they were Fairweather fans, or uh, probably more than likely they actually just turned their backs on the darkness when they realized that they weren't doing a bit. Like, they were actually serious 
about being a rock and roll band and not just making fun of it. So I think the fact that the in interviews are like, no, we're actually like fans of this stuff. We take it very seriously. That was where um, the backs were turned by all the hipsters. So there you go. My opinion, but I think it's pretty spot on considering how much of a drop there was on the second album. Yeah, you can blame it on promotion, but you know, whatever. All right, moving on to something completely different right here. A guy that I've long called a cross between Billy Joel and Randy Newman for our generation right here. Ben Folds. I really like Ben Folds a lot, you know, because I compared him to these gentlemen here. I think he's a great songwriter, piano man. This was, uh, you know, much like The Darkness in a sense. This was his second solo studio album. Not as good as his first one. I know it sounds like I'm being down on the albums on this list. I'm really not. I, I do like these albums. And, of course, the countdown's only going to get better as we go. But, yeah, you know, upon new reflection on this album, which I didn't really pay a whole lot of mind to when it came out, but I like it a lot better now. It's just one of those albums that has aged really well because it doesn't sound of the time. It sounds pretty timeless. So, yeah, I got to give it up for this record. Uh, higher on the chart than I expect it to be. This album right here, Songs for Silverman by Ben Folds. Came out on April 25th of 2005. Co-produced by Ben Folds and John Mark Painter. Peaked at number 13 on the U.S. Billboard Top 200. And a uh, great opener right here, so I'm going to play it here on this particular countdown. And uh, check this one out. It's called Bastard. The old bastard left his ties and a suit A brown box, mothballs and bowling shoes and his opinion so you never have to choose Pretty soon you'll be an old bastard too You get smaller while the world gets big The more you know you know you don't know shit The whiz man'll never fit you like the whiz kid did So why you gotta act like you know and you don't know It's okay if you don't know everything Why you gotta act like you know when you don't know It's okay if you don't know everything Close your eyes, close your ears, young man You've seen and heard all an old man can Spread the facts on the floor The mass, but get nostalgic about the last ten years before the last ten years have passed. So why you gotta act like you know and you don't know? It's okay if you don't know everything. Why you gotta act like you know and you don't know? It's okay. Thank you. 
man on a hand on a chest The old bastard had a paradigm arrest He got small and the world got big The more he knew he knew he didn't know shit The whiz man never fit him like the whiz kid did Ben Folds right there with another nice sardonic anthem, Bastard, not to be confused, or never to be confused with the Motley Crue song of the same name right there. But yeah, I like that song. Moving on to number 26 right here. Going to bring the heavy back. We're going to bring the heavy back for quite a bit. Actually, pretty much for almost the rest of the episode right here. And then we'll come down here at the end of it. Uh, But yeah, let's go heavy. Number 26, this band's fourth studio album, full-length studio album, I should say, because there are a lot of EPs and singles releases between all of their records. And here are the hints, as they would say on the Big 80s Countdown. Came out May 3rd, 2005, co-produced by Alan Mulder, Atticus Ross, and Trent Reznor. Uh-huh-huh. Peaked at number one on the Billboard Top 200. Yeah, it's the first number one album for the charts for this countdown, so I'm getting something right at least. Uh, But yeah, kind of an ignored album at this point in the uh, band's catalog, but I really dig it. This was the first time I got to see this band live. I was super impressed, and I should have gone sooner. But I did get to see Nine Inch Nails on the tour for this album with Teeth, and uh, that was a great show. Queens of the Stone Age and Death from Above 1979 opened up. That was a pretty damn killer show. Saw it at American Airlines. And, uh, you know, I always really like, you know, as cool as their original Nine Inch Nails sound is, the industrial rock metal that you come to expect from them, I really like it when they go basic, when it's like just a basic band, guitar, drums, bass kind of thing. And this is one of those songs, kind of buried on the album, and one of my favorite Nine Inch Nails songs. So here you go, from the album With Teeth, this is Getting Smaller.
Getting Smaller by Nine Inch Nails from the album With Teeth. Really cool stuff right there. In case you're like, hey, that drummer's pretty good. Well, that was Dave Grohl because, of course it was. So yeah, Dave Grohl plays, I think, like half of the drums on this album. So there you go. You might hear Dave later on in this countdown. Of course you will. Okay, moving on here. Getting to slot number 25 right here on the top 40 of 2005. Another album that I didn't listen to at the time, uh, but I really like now. And I'm just a bigger fan of this guy overall at this point in my life. Uh, so this is a Devin Townsend project, but not the Devin Townsend project. The band Strapping Young Lad, actually. This was Strapping Young Lad's fourth studio album. It came out on March 22nd, 2005, self-produced and with the rest of the band. Uh, so yeah, this album, Alien, is super heavy, as you would come to expect from Strapping Young Lad. Uh, but also kind of showing signs of the more broad-based, like almost kind of space metal, as I call it, that... Uh, he would start doing more later on in Devin Townsend Project and stuff like that. So definitely uh, an evolved sound from the Strapping Young Lead that I knew going in. If they just sounded like this on their first record, I would have bought them earlier. Uh, but that's just me. That's my opinion. This thing is uh, epic as all get out, as you would come to expect from the great Devin Townsend. So why waste time? From the album Alien, this is Strapping Young Lad, and I love this reference. This song is called Skeksis. <laughs>
Okay, yeah, that's uh, always some crazy, insane, insane, crazy. That's some next level shit right there. Strapping Young Lad from the album Alien. That was Skeksis. Yes, I do love the reference as well. The Dark Crystal reference, if you don't get it. Uh, but yeah, love it. Man, that guy is insane. All right. We're staying heavy, but we're going to dial it down quite a bit here from that. Because you can't get more extreme than that. At least on Rock Strikes 10, you probably can't. Uh, but yeah, this one is a, a kind of another ignored album. And unjustly, I, I really enjoyed the listen for this. I, I really honestly, not that I gave it a ton of a shot back in the day. I did buy it. But, you know, yeah, I, I didn't really listen to it much over the years. But, you know, it's one of those albums. I, I guess it's aged well. This guy, honestly, like, I don't think he really has a bad solo album. So that being said, we're going to play you something by Bruce Dickinson right here. Yes, the iconic, legendary singer for Iron Maiden. He put out his sixth and, uh, to this day, current solo studio album called Tyranny of Souls back on May 23rd of 2005. Of course, produced by Roy Z, his longtime producer, with major contributions from the Tribe of Gypsies band. They've been with him since, you know, like, really his first solo album, Into Balls of Picasso and all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, Tyranny of Souls, man. I almost feel like maybe there was a thing that, like, when he rejoined Maiden, that, you know, maybe also because of the fact and just at the time that there wouldn't be, like, a major promotion behind, uh, you know, any solo albums he might have done after the fact. Because uh, this definitely came out after he rejoined Maiden. Uh, but yeah, if you're a Maiden fan, you can't go wrong with this one. It's, it's pretty damn cool. You, you don't hear much Steve Harris influence on here, so it's a different kind of a thing. But it's not Skunk Works different or Tattooed Millionaire different. It's, it sounds more Maiden-esque. So there you go. Kind of like the ones he did right before he rejoined. Like those albums, Accident of Birth and Chemical Wedding. So it's more on par with those. So if you like those albums, you will like Tyranny of Souls. Here's one of my favorite songs from it, and probably one of the more Maiden-friendly songs right here. This is Power of the Sun.
Bruce Dickinson right there. The Air Raid Siren. One of our favorites, right? There you go. From the Tyranny of Souls album. That was Power of the Sun. Hope you enjoyed that. Moving on here. Number 23. Cool American punk rock band coming up right here. A band that I've really liked ever since their first album. The Suicide Machines. And honestly, I did kind of fall off with them during their third studio album for a bit. Uh, you know, they were kind of trying to sell out a little bit and, you know, it just wasn't that good of a record, honestly. Uh, but then like, as soon as that record was done, they were like, oh my God, we fucked up. And so they got their brain back by their fourth album and they just kind of been rebuilding it back up ever since. So really the only thing to avoid is like their third album. I think it's actually self-titled. Uh, but this one right here was a solid record. Good enough to come in at number 23 on my best of albums for 2005. This album is called War Profiteering is Killing Us All. Yes. This belongs on the Angry Political playlist, along with System of a Down and, and Dope, like I played earlier on part one. This album came out on August 9th of 2005. It was their sixth studio album, produced by Bill Stevenson and Jason Livermore. Cool punk rock record, and punk rock should always be anti-establishment, right? Uh, but yeah, it's not 100% political in all their albums, but you know, a, a good amount of it is. But this one's kind of in the middle right here, so. Something for everybody, right? So here you go. The Suicide Machines with the song Ghosts on Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> Suicide Machines with Ghosts on Sunset Boulevard from the album with a very truthful title, War Profiteering is Killing Us All. I enjoyed that. I hope you did as well. Moving on here to number 22. God, we only have two two more songs left on this particular part, on part two. And uh, I'm going to play you somebody you've heard from already on this countdown. Yes, 
Somebody double dipped on the countdown. Oh my gosh. It's actually Glenn Hughes. And who would have thought? Back in 2005, Glenn Hughes really wasn't on my radar very much at all. I, I knew the name. And I'd seen him on some stuff, comps, tribute albums, stuff like that. I knew he was in Deep Purple. But I didn't know I'd wind up becoming such a big fan of this guy. And I think he showed up on a few more people's radar in 2005, if you were following this act right here. But, uh, you know, it's kind of this cool thing where they kind of got to right or wrong a little bit. And I'm not saying that the album that Glenn Hughes did with Black Sabbath was bad. I actually do like the album. But it wasn't very well received. And so I think anyone who would give this album a shot would definitely think this is maybe a little slightly better collaboration for these two. But yes, Tony Iommi and Glenn Hughes got together. It's officially like kind of an Iommi solo album sequel to his first album. And the album is called Fused. It came out on July 11th of 2005. It was co-produced by Bob Marlette, who played all the bass on the album, and Tony Iommi. And uh, rounding out the band, actually, like I said, you have Tony Iommi on guitars, Glenn Hughes on vocals, Bob Marlette on bass, which is weird because Glenn Hughes plays bass, but yeah, whatever. And Kenny Arnoff on drums. Yeah, if you know that name, then you're definitely a music nerd like I am. Kenny Arnoff, he was a longtime drummer for John Mellencamp, and he's played on a ton of stuff since that. I mean, session guy. I saw him on tour with the Smashing Pumpkins in 98 when he replaced Jimmy Chamberlain after the Melancholy tour. I, I've seen him play drums for Billy Gibbons at a Billy Solo show. Uh, if someone needs a drummer, you know, Kenny Aronoff is probably going to be there more often than not. If Chickenfoot ever plays another gig, it'll probably be him playing the drums. Uh, but yeah, super mega talented band right here assembled for this kind of a one-off thing. Like I said, even though it's officially a Tony Iommi solo album. But teaming up here with Glenn Hughes on vocals, getting to maybe write a little bit of the wrong from the 7 Star record. Uh, but I really dig this record. It's, it's heavy as hell. And it's got that classic great Glenn Hughes thing going on, mixed with the all-time devil riffs of Tony Iommi. Can't go wrong, man. Not for me. Good enough for number 22. So here you go from the album Fused. It's Iommi Hughes with What You're Living For. <laughs>
will never ever kid myself for as long as I live and even long after uh, myself and Glenn Hughes have shuffled off this mortal coil that I could ever possibly entertain being a singer in any way as long as there's people like Glenn Hughes and anybody that might have even a shred of Glenn Hughes's talent as a vocalist. That guy can fucking sing, man. So there you go. That was Iomi Hughes with What You're Living For from the album Fused, the 22nd best record of 2005 in my opinion. And we only have one more to go. We've been doing a lot of heavy stuff on this episode, and we're going to dial it down here with a band that is not heavy pretty much almost whatsoever. They're definitely metal fans. That's for sure. That's well documented. But we're going to close off this particular episode with one of my favorite bands from Sweden. And there'll be more appearances on this chart by Sweden. Uh, But the Cardigans right here, their album Super Extra Gravity came out on October 14th of 2005. It was their sixth and currently final album, very sad, uh, produced by the aforementioned Tore Johansson, and uh, number one in Sweden, of course. That was their, uh, you know, chart peak worldwide, of course, number one in Sweden, because Sweden gets it. Uh, but yeah, I remember I actually had to import this album. They had fallen off so much in America at this point that this album wasn't even available domestically, so <laughs> I had to get an import of it. It finally came out, I think, domestically like a year or two later. But uh, yeah, I was day one on this because I just had to hear it. And this is a really cool album. It's, it's definitely more on par with the Gran Turismo album. So I really like it a lot. And uh, like it's number 21 right here. I actually expected it to be a little higher when I was first putting this list together. But I think it's good positioning. So yeah, this one right here. This is one of my all-time wistful anthems right here. So heavy lyrically. Man, check us out. And the band's really killing it on here, actually. So here you go. Cardigans closing out part two with Drip Drop Teardrop. Cause you 
took any music theory classes, that's what we call a crescendo. That thing just builds up to the moon and it just picks you up and then throws you to the ground at the end of it. There you go. Drip Drop Teardrop by the Cardigans. I love that song. I love that album and I love that band. So yeah, I I was on uh, Pods and Sods uh, about a year or so ago. Did a a six pack of the Cardigans with myself, Eric Miller and Lee McCormick. That was a good time. So uh, Lee, I hope you find Nina someday, you know, anyway. All right. That's going to do it for part two of this top 40 countdown. The best albums of 2005. Like I said on the last one, it can only get better from this point. I will say, you know, I've really enjoyed these records, but I think you especially out there are going to really enjoy parts three and four of this countdown. The top 20 is pretty next level, so I'm pretty proud of this list, so I hope you stay tuned for it. And on this next episode, I want you to stay tuned because we're going to do the part two of the odds and ends of 2005. We've got one more odds and ends show wrapping up 2005 before we get to the top 20. So I'm definitely teasing the top 20, but I promise you it'll be worth the wait. All right. Going to go ahead and get out of here. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and I'll send it over to my better half, Nola. And, of course, stay tuned for the best damn outro song in all of the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message us for more details or to order. U.S. or APO boxes only. For now. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all of the episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, please check out our other quality shows, including The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other, The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative, The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock with Joey and the great Mark Striegel of Talking Metal. And the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then... Have fun.